Welcome to the Mad Lemmings podcast, episode number four. Rocket. Hey there and welcome to another episode of the Mad Lemmings podcast. I'm Ashley Fawkes, your host from madlemmings.com and I want to thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen to me and put me in your ears, so to speak. I hope you're having a good one. Today we have another special guest on the show, as always. Last week, if you tuned in, we had Robert Ryan talking about Google Plus and his ways and means of getting his following bigger and getting more interaction on Google Plus. I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly got a lot out of it. And this week, we're moving on to a similar but different topic, something you may not be uh, actually spending much time on, and that's LinkedIn. I certainly didn't care much for LinkedIn until recently. Everybody thinks that it's just a place to put your CV, and certainly that used to be the case. But today, we're going to be speaking to someone who will teach us that that is not the case, and LinkedIn is a place to be getting great connections and customers for your business and you certainly should be paying attention to it. I am. I'm working on my LinkedIn profile right now and working in groups in LinkedIn, trying to get some great connections and build up my business. So if you're in small business or in any way want to interact with other business owners and uh, doing things like B2B, then LinkedIn is certainly a place to be. And as uh, our guest, Sarah Santa Croce says, you certainly get three times more conversions from working on LinkedIn and she'll be giving us all her great tips and tricks She's a pro LinkedIn trainer. She knows her stuff. She's been on there since about 2006, if I remember correctly. So get ready for some amazing information and sit back and relax and listen to this amazing podcast. Good morning, Sarah. Thanks for joining me this morning on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Ashley. I guess first we should start with a little bit about you. Um, It's always great to let you have a chance to talk about yourself to begin with. All right. Well, I'll do that. Uh, I'll be short, though, as you know me. I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, a Swiss national. I'm based, uh, like you, in Switzerland, where I, I was born and raised. Um, my English comes from, um, well, I'm married to a Canadian, which helps. So we speak English at home. But I've also lived uh, about four years in California, which is where I started my business. And that uh, was in 2000. And end of 2006 early 2007 and so that's really when the big social media boom uh, started over there and I actually wanted to go ahead and start a virtual assistant business um, because I didn't we didn't know at the time whether we would move back to Switzerland or move to Singapore or anywhere else in the world and I needed a business that was portable that I could take with me and so that was the idea. And then when I started to find out about social media and, you know, I just really got discovered the passion for it. And uh, so that's what I do today. I help small business owners get clients online so they can quit chasing them and get found online. Okay. So that's what you spend your time doing, don't you? You're basically coaching and, and helping small businesses to, to do marketing online better, right? Exactly. And it's not really not only social media. Um, I think that's a misconception of, of you know, online presence is, is just only social media. But you and I know that it also um, involves blogging and involves email marketing and all that good stuff. So if you only do social media, but you don't have content, well, you're not going to get very far. Yeah, sure. You're going to be sharing other people's stuff and getting people to their websites. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I know we've been doing some hangouts together lately. I'm not sure how many of you listening have been following myself or Sarah. We've been doing a couple of hangouts lately because we're both in Switzerland. It's a little bit easier than trying to connect up with time zones. And we've been also talking about blogging and some of the other social media channels. But I actually called Sarah on the show today because she knows a lot about LinkedIn. And I've realized recently that that's a huge channel that I've been missing out on. And I think a lot of people ignore because they think it's an online resume and (laughs) it's not. And perhaps you should quickly start by just letting everyone know your opinion on that, Sarah. I think you definitely have a lot of experience and expertise there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Well, you kind of just summarize it in one sentence. It's not an online CV anymore. That's what it used to be. Um, But LinkedIn has changed a lot. And really, I think their goal now at LinkedIn is to create a professional network where people go for quality content. Um, recently, just you know, two weeks ago, they uh, released a new feature, which is called LinkedIn Publisher. And that just shows us that really it's going in that direction. Um, we'll talk about LinkedIn Publisher in a minute, maybe, but just to kind of give you an idea it's a new feature where people can publish their own content within LinkedIn Um, and so to get back to to your question should people be on LinkedIn yes definitely Um, it's you know definitely uh, maybe people say it's the chamber of commerce of the social networks and maybe that's true. Yes, it, it, it is a professional network. People are uh, maybe a little bit less social than on um, you know, Google Plus or Twitter because they're focused. They're focused on you know, creating business, on creating relationships for their business. And um, what really convinced me is, is the actual conversion rates because uh, HubSpot, uh, which is a marketing agency, really showed numbers that LinkedIn um, drives much more targeted ta- uh, traffic to your website. There's um, numbers that show that your traffic or your conversions are three times higher than um, you know if they came from Twitter, uh, for example. Uh, why is that? Because people on LinkedIn are targeted. They um, are in a business mode and so if you offer business related services then you get much higher conversions Um, of course that's not true for everyone if you are into i don't know baking for example if you have a baking business then probably linkedin is not your audience but if you're into services or anything uh you know business related then then definitely you know spend some time on linkedin yeah that's what i was going to say i've noticed also it's uh It has a particular purpose. I think that's the key to any social media marketing or any social media platform is understanding what it's for. And LinkedIn is about connecting with other people in business, offering services, so B2B, B2C, as they say, but not so much to the customer because people are not on there looking for products. That's where maybe Pinterest or Facebook is a lot better just selling your products. But if you have a service or something related to business, then yeah, I've I've noticed a lot of people connecting I've just started getting into it a lot and all of a sudden yeah I've actually realized I thought oh nobody interacts on here it's crazy it's a waste of time and I've found some groups now where people actually interact and it's amazing it's actually seems far better than some other places I've been and I've only been trying really for two weeks yeah 
I guess we should start with the beginning, which is something that I'm still looking at and I've noticed I've been reading your profile and I've found a couple of other people online who are talking about this a lot, is that on LinkedIn, the profile originally was just your work experience. So I think what's called uh, the experience, I think it's called experience, that section of of the profile. But I've realized that people have totally reworked and LinkedIn has also offered completely new sections. And maybe we could quickly jump into that and break down how you should be using your profile and the kinds of things you should be displaying on there to to get people's attention. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think... You know, despite all the engagement and, and, and conversations and everything, it always comes back to your LinkedIn profile. Um, it's kind of like the content that we mentioned before. If you are active on social media, but you have no content. So if you're active on LinkedIn, but your LinkedIn profile sucks, then, <laughs> then you're kind of wasting your time as well. Um, because people, if they engage with you, well, the next thing they're going to do is look at your LinkedIn profile. And if there you have no picture and just two lines in your summary, well, they're quickly going to leave again and think, you know, this is a weird person. So the LinkedIn profile, you're right, it used to be um, this online resume, but it now I call it a mini website, which uh, has as a purpose to lead traffic to your maxi website. So when clients ask me, well, okay, now I've filled out all this stuff, maybe I don't need a website. Uh, the answer is no, you still need a website. The, I think the point of every social media activity is to always lead people back to your website. Um, so what's important in the uh, LinkedIn profile is, is to really use it um, as a as a, a way to inform people uh what it is you do, but in a personal way. Um, too many people still, you know, use that that old resume type style where they say, you know, Ashley. Uh, so if you would talk <laughs> yourself, you would say Ashley false this this and this and this. Um, it's in the third person, and and that's just very impersonal. People cannot connect with you if you're talking about yourself uh, in the third in, in, person. In a distant I, manner, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. And so um, that's the first mistake that I still see a lot of people do. They they describe themselves in the fir- in the third person. Um, probably the the most important real estate on LinkedIn is the headline, and mm-hmm. uh, that's another section where a lot of people uh, make the mistake, uh, especially business owner, because that's who we're talking about here. Uh, business owners would use some kind of generic. Um, keywords in there or generic titles that say, uh, you know, you would say uh, director at Mad Lemmings. Um, First of all, there's millions and millions of directors or founders (laughs) or managers. Everybody is a manager of something. Um, And second of all, maybe you know, there's a (laughs) there's there's now more and more people who know about Mad Lemmings, but it's not something they would type into the search Mm. bar. So what you really need to use in that headline is your keywords. What is it that you want to be found for? Um, and describe what it is you bring to the table and, and not use uh, your company name or some generic uh, titles like manager or director. Mm-hmm. And this applies then also the keyword thing applies to other sections in the LinkedIn profile. So your main goal on LinkedIn is to be found by people. 
And then once you're found, your profile needs to be so outstanding that they want to contact you or that they want to go find out more about you via your website. So I've seen like the summary. I mean, that's one of the key areas that appears, I, I guess, at the top. I know you can rearrange some of the profile, but I guess probably not the summary. And some go for really, really long form and some go for medium to short form. I guess that's personal, but I suppose the main purpose there is to tell your story, catch someone's attention and let them know what it is you do and why you're different and how you can help them. I mean, I guess that's what people are doing on there. Yeah, and I think the last sentence you just said, said how you can help them, that's important. Um, you know, we have this urge to talk about ourselves, which makes sense because it's our LinkedIn profile. But at the same time, the the person who visits your LinkedIn profile, they don't necessarily care about you at that stage. They want to know how this guy or this girl can help me. And so that's also important to kind of weave into the information in the summer is what is it that you do and what kind of problems do you solve? Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, that's what should be in the in the summary section. In terms of the length, uh, yes, I guess it is personal, but I I still think uh, you know just two or five lines, you're wasting a lot of, of of opportunities there. Two lines is is just too short to describe what it is you do and how you can help your yeah, your clients. Yeah. We have up to two thousand characters in that section. Why not use them? Um, and you know, not everybody's going to read it. That's okay, but the ones who will and the and and they, you know, might actually read the whole thing. So maybe try and get the key stuff across towards the beginning then, or if people are getting or late. break it up into different paragraphs. That's what I tell my clients to break it up into different paragraphs, so people, you know, like everyone, uh, people can scan through it and mm -hmm. just read what's interesting to them. A bit like a blog post, some sort of subheadings and and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I was just wondering like some sort of tips on that because that to me seems to be a key area I need to focus on and I guess a lot the other stuff's kind of supplementary, right? It's like projects you've worked on. I've noticed you can do projects and you can do references to blog posts and you can do your skills and all of this kind of stuff, which is important. But I guess the summary and the headline, like with a blog post, is, is what's going to catch people's attention and is going to take them further. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So this other stuff like projects and, and I mean, is this really something that people pay much attention to or, or references to blog posts, things like that? They will if they're really already interested in you. Mm -hmm. So if they are, you know, they heard your name somewhere else and the first thing people do nowadays, they go on Google, they Google your name and usually LinkedIn shows up in the top five results. Mm -hmm. So then they go over to LinkedIn and then first they read your summary. If you grab their attention there, then yes, they will scroll through your whole profile. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's important to get that really honed. And another thing I did recently, I mean, something I'm sure you're aware of is reordered my skills because before I was primarily a web developer and it's not something I want at the top of my list anymore. So I reordered my skills so that people see the skills that I now want them to be aware of and that mm -hmm. those come up in the do you endorse Ashley for these skills I guess they come up more often as well yeah and we actually just got that possibility uh, like 10 days ago or something uh, that we can reorder before uh -huh. we okay. weren't able to reorder okay. um, so now we can bring the skills up that are um, you know more important to us 
before we could um, you know take off the skills that weren't interesting anymore uh, but now we can actually reorder them so they appear um, as the ones that um, we want to have people endorse okay. us I must have just stumbled across it because of a blog post or something so maybe it just came out the day I did it yeah. yeah I was just sort of thinking about a few things and I've never really worried about those skills but now I'm starting to pay more attention to to my profile and, and what I'm putting on on those maybe different... one more word on the skills um, we can add up to 50 skills uh, that's the max wow, and okay. people always say wow that's a lot of skills I don't think I have that many uh, well you do <laughs> because <laughs> a lot of the skills are actually very similar so for example I remember I have web marketing and then online marketing mm -hmm. well essentially it's the same right but it is important to uh, use the 50 skills because those skills show up in the LinkedIn algorithm the search algorithm uh -huh. okay. so you really need to maximize uh, the 50 skills and another thing is that LinkedIn is pushing those endorsements on us so on everybody they you know I don't know if you've seen the yeah, message it, it shows up, top, up yeah. you know endorse this and this person for this and this um, skill and if you have not maxed out on your skills, people can actually suggest new skills for you. <laughs> and that's, you know, very dangerous because they would just, in, you know, suggest skills that you not might not even have. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, and that has happened to me that I was, um, I can't remember what it was, but I was like, what? I've never heard about that. So I'm definitely not an expert on that. Expert and ninja, so, ninja uh, samurai warrior or something. <laughs> something crazy. And so you really need to be careful and, and of course, take those out because, you know, how embarrassing if more people endorse you for that <laughs> skill and that gets, you know, seen on your network. Yeah. You're very good at dicing lemons or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something crazy, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff on there. And as I said, I think it's this misconception, and as there are tons of misconceptions about online marketing, that LinkedIn is only about trying to find jobs and is only about having your CV or resume or whatever you want to call it online, which is what I used to use it for. And predominantly all the people I'm connected with are people I used to work with. So I'm changing that right now. But uh, yeah, I've seen the, the benefit of it because I'm trying to push my, my web design business and finding contacts, as you say, on LinkedIn or Pinterest. Yeah, it's really hit and miss because people are on there for very different reasons and they're finding your content, maybe reading it, but they're not really interested in connecting with you because maybe they don't have a business. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, this is really, really important stuff. And I, I, that's why I really wanted to talk about it because I know you, you really do this stuff. Is this your primary thing that you teach for social media or I mean you obviously you seem to me to be very in-depth in LinkedIn and... yeah I, I I decided to that you know in social media there's so much there's so many different tools and yes we can have a general knowledge of uh, a lot of them uh, but I think if you really want to know all the details I think you just need to focus on one of them yeah. and for me it was LinkedIn uh, because what I noticed when we moved back to Switzerland is that I uh, realized that Swiss people, they feel the most comfortable on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. It might be a mentality thing. Um, we are just a, a bit more, um, you know, we try to distinguish uh, personal and professional use. And so uh, on LinkedIn, it's really professional. You're not going to share any cat videos or cute <laughs> baby pictures and all that yeah. and in the Swiss you know that's what they want to do they want to just talk business and it's also a personal preference I'm more of a, an introverted type 
And so for me, it's still hard to go out on Facebook and, you know, share all these things about me. And, and so on LinkedIn, I can just focus on, you know, business oriented uh, content. Yeah. And that's why I, yeah, I decided to, to focus on LinkedIn and um, I help you know, companies uh, w within their sales department on how to use it, but also individuals and uh, small business owners. And, and lately also I noticed still that there's, you know, more and more um, headhunters, for example, or, or, um, or even job searchers who know they should be there, but they know, don't know how to use it uh, to, to its fullest potential. Yeah, I think keeping on... Yeah, really on the pulse of these social media platforms. I mean, with me, it's been Twitter until recently, and I've kind of stopped really fully focusing on there, and I've been using Pinterest a lot, but that's kind of reached its limit. It's not as extensive a platform as, as LinkedIn, and I think LinkedIn is now probably the thing that I'm going to focus on. And you're saying that, yeah, it's really good for Switzerland, but to be honest, the people I've been running into on there even on some of the other groups that I'm on, I mean, there's there's a lot of really business-oriented people on there. People who are there to do business are on there, and that's, I yeah. think, for people who are really looking to push their business, I think it's it is a something to seriously seriously consider. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I was just mentioning Switzerland because that's what I noticed when I came back. But my network is, you know, all over the world, mm -hmm. and 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 people just realize that when it comes to business, then LinkedIn is the place to be. And I'm not saying, you know, ditch all the other social networks, not at all. But uh, I think conversion, if conversion is your main objective, then LinkedIn has to be part of that equation. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably why, I, why I've realized my mistake, although, you know, we're learning every day. But uh, yeah, it's just change, change, what do you call it, pivot. And then I'm now saying, okay, business is a priority for me now. And getting more traffic to my blog is great, but it's not converting. So mm -hmm. you have to focus on, on what converts. But I guess that leads to the next point I wanted to discuss, which is connecting on LinkedIn. You had a interesting post on that the other day about engaging and ways to get people's attention. There's a number of ways and means of connecting with people. Perhaps we could just quickly run through sort of your top tips on how people could start to find connections on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I think the first uh, mistake that probably 98% of people on LinkedIn make is that they just send a default invitation request. So they just click on connect and then LinkedIn, uh, you know, gives us nicely enough that really silly, stupid uh, <laughs> default uh, invitation. I still do says, that. Actually, can I just stop you for a second? Because uh -huh. I still do that and I often can't find a way around it because, you know, it brings you this button. I'm in the middle of doing something and I find someone in a group I want to connect with and I can't find another way without completely exiting what I'm doing to connect to that person. Yeah. Um you just need to open their profile. Okay. So you need to open it in a new tab, for example. Yeah. And and yes, it does not work on uh, on mobile. So yeah, on the iPad, <laughs> it doesn't work. Um, and people keep telling me, well, uh, this is you know, it's not working for me. I'm like, well, if you if you can't find another solution, then then I guess LinkedIn doesn't work for you because it really is that important mm -hmm. that you personalize that message, because. What you're essentially saying to that person is, I don't even care enough <laughs> to personalize my invite, yeah. um, you know, that I sent to you. When I get those, I also think, huh, who's this yeah. person? Like, it's like, and, and hello, generic person. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I've just sent this to 100 people, and I'm just going to see whoever answers. Hmm. 
And so why would I want to connect with you? Yeah. Um, yeah, so no, it, it really is that important that you personalize the, the invitation and you will stand out because, uh, you know, there's still a lot of people, like I said, probably 98% on my webinars, I always ask this question and people tell me that about two, maximum 5% of the inv invitations they get are personalized. Yeah, I also noticed so that. So <laughs> you really have potential there to stand out and be remembered as well. Yeah. Because if you just add a number to your network, they won't remember you in a month. You can, you know, you ask them about something, but if you have that initial conversation, um, and what I actually recommend is that once they've accepted your invitation, and you send them a thank you message, mm -hmm. you thank them for for uh, you know accepting your invitation. You say I, I look forward to seeing your updates in my newsfeed, uh, chat with you again on the group, whatever you know. Draft a little invitation um, thank you message that you can then always send out and no there's no automation on LinkedIn you have to really do it manually uh, but I think that's 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 the point here because yeah. if if it was automated then it wouldn't count as much anymore no that's the mistake I've made in the past is you know numbers as opposed to connections and I've everybody found... has made that mistake including me you know yeah. when I started I saw that I start I uh, started on LinkedIn in 2005 wow. and so okay. that's you know yeah that's what I did back then as well yeah I found I think in everything you do is the people you actually get to know then will support you more will come to you for advice will what they get to know what you do they will tell other people about you whereas if you people don't even know who you are or what you do and you haven't taken the time and I was wondering also about that if you connect with someone do you write a, just a quick sort of line in there about oh, I saw you do this this and this we have that in common or something like that to just sort of put a bit of a personal touch to it exactly yeah you, you need to find a reason why you want to connect and it's always good to have something in common mm. so if you're part of the same group that helps or you can say that um, you know, for example, if, if I was going to invite you or people, maybe people who are listening, who are um, listening to this podcast, well, send me your invitations on LinkedIn, but make sure you, you know, refer to this podcast. That'd be a great reason to connect with me. Yeah. But if you just send me an invitation, a default invitation, I'm not going to know who you are. And, and so why would I want to connect with you? Yeah, maybe. I mean, do you not even accept them then or do you really analyze who it is? I, I will have a look at the profile. And then um, that's a whole uh, different topic because everybody needs to have their own connection strategy. Yeah, yeah. Who do you connect with and how does it fit in your overall business strategy? Um, you know, it starts with, do you have a local business or do you have an online business? Well, if you only do business locally, does not make much sense to connect with someone in Australia, for example. Yeah, sure. But if you have an online business uh, like you and I kind of do, then then obviously you're you know it's a whole different strategy different sphere, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i'm also more careful these days of just accepting things because linkedin i think and like something like facebook i mean that's even more protected in some ways i've found but if you're opening yourself up on linkedin and connecting with someone you're giving that person access to you more access than they had before and more permissions than they had before so by blindly accepting people you're in some ways sort of endangering yourself. I see it as, I mean, it's really, you do need to be aware of what you're doing. Yeah, uh, definitely. And 
But at the same time, if you're being too restrictive, I come back to the Swiss audience where uh, here it's still very uh, common to, you know, to meet people in person. Uh -huh. And so I've had people reply to me, but I've never met you in person. I'm not going <laughs> to accept you. I'm like, well, that's very restrictive. Yeah, you know, yeah. if you build your network only with people you've met in real life, depends again on your business strategy, but it's very restrictive. And the LinkedIn algorithm um, says that you can only be found for your skills again in your first and second degree connections. Uh -huh. So let's say you only have 30 connections. Well, you can only be found in those 30 connections and their connections. So obviously that's going to be a much smaller reach than let's say, um, you know, you have a thousand connections. Well, that opens up your, your bandwidth by, you know, much more uh, people. So always also think about that. If you're being mm. too restrictive, well, your reach just got limited by a lot. But does that, that mean that the search restricts to that base? That mm -hmm. person can only search two degrees away from themselves? Exactly. Ah, yeah. okay. So I was wondering why, because I've had some hits from headhunters recently, and typically they're very annoying because they only connect to you to fire job offers at you and they don't even really take the time to make it personal and get to know you and I just yeah. often reject them because I find they do that in person as well. You know, you get on a headhunters list if you're looking for a job and they'll just fire 50 jobs at you. So this is a, this kind of strategy, right, where you've got to watch who you connect with but don't watch too closely because then you won't connect with anybody. So, okay, that's really cool to know because I had no idea about that, that it was sort of two degrees of separation. For for headhunters is different though. They have a, they have a different tool. Yeah, Usually okay. the ones yeah. who have yeah. access to the headhunter, the recruiter tool so they can get more results. Yeah, okay, but a typical, is that anything to do with premium or that's just... No, that... It's an actual tool they use. They use a, a different recruiter tool. Uh -huh. Ah, yeah. okay, okay. But I mean, even premium, pre does premium expand that or that just gives you different features? You know what? I can't say for 100%, but I, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I've never so worried Unless too much. you have the recruiter tool, you uh, can be found within first and second degree connections. Okay, so I won't go too much deeply into this post that you had. I think we can we can link that in the show notes. But was there anything else in that post that you wanted to quickly run through on great ways of connecting with people? I mean, groups is obviously a, a big one. Yeah, um, so there's different things. There's first you, you know, connect with them. So groups is a great way to find new connections. And so then in, here you would just send out uh, an invitation that says, hey, we're on the same group. I really liked the discussion we had the other day, something like that. And then once you are connected, don't just forget them in your, you know, 500 contacts, but engage with them just like you would on, uh, you know, Twitter or on uh, any other platform. Um, and there's great ways, for example, you can share their content. Uh, if you, if they share great content that you think would be interesting for, for your contacts, just click on the share button on your uh, home, home feed, and then you can share their content with your uh, community mm -hmm. and what's nice is um, you uh, I'm sure if you're on Facebook you know the Facebook tags well the same thing exists on LinkedIn so you can tag someone and kind of create a win-win situation where you thank them for the content and and at the same time you get exposed to their network so when you when you send someone's content around like on Twitter you have the at symbol on the person's name does LinkedIn help you find that person's name while you're 
sharing something? I mean, okay, when you press their share button, are they automatically notified? Is there a difference there? No. So when you click on share and just share the content, it, the person won't know that you've shared uh -huh. their content. Okay. You actually have to tag them. So meaning you, you type uh, the first few letters of the their first name if they're in your connections, and then a drop-down will appear where you can um, click on their name. And this way, you create a tag, and that means that they receive an email um, to their inbox that says, this person just shared your content. Yeah, so similar to Google+, Plus, but with Google+, Plus, you, yeah. you start with the plus to get that happening, but on LinkedIn, you just start typing. You start typing, and if that doesn't work, sometimes it's a bit buggy, you can use the at sign. Uh-huh, so okay. Okay. And then and the person's name, there's no special, you don't have to look for the username with it all together in one word or anything like that? No, it will just give you a drop-down list uh -huh. and then just select the so one. So you really have to find it. Because I find Pinterest is really buggy like that. I often have to cut and paste the person's actual username after the at, at symbol, I think it is, to get that happening on Pinterest. Yeah, I was just wondering, because each platform has their own... Yeah. method of doing that and you've got to really get your skills kind of honed and start because you should be doing that on every platform i think you should yeah. always be letting people know yeah okay so that's a great I, I way i find it quite intuitive here so you don't have to go hunt down a yeah profile. yeah i think linkedin is a lot more mature platform i mean as you said it's been around since what 2000 and whatever five or something i mean pinterest's only since yeah. two years ago so yeah. they're still working stuff out i find my notifications tab does refreshes and tells me I have new notifications. I click on it. It doesn't show them. I have to refresh my browser to get it to show them. I don't know if that's a Chrome problem or, but yeah, yeah it's it's still a little bit, uh, a yeah. little bit buggy. But anyway, um, yeah, groups. I mean, for me, this all of what we've been talking about is really useful. But I think, and this is something I noticed, and I was drilling into your groups as a great example, um, how to find people that you want to be connecting with and find you need to find the kinds of groups that you want to be involved with in your kind of niche your business whatever yeah yeah groups are a great way to to you know find like-minded people on on linkedin um that being said now that i'm um you know more active on on google plus i do have to admit that i find google plus communities even more powerful really <laughs> so um yeah but i shouldn't be saying that on a linkedin uh, podcast, oh, I mean, it's but... worth being maybe on both but i found yeah. 90 percent of my groups on google plus are link dropping groups so nobody's oh. writing anything and i mean I, I i thought i found some really good groups and now i just start deleting them all because i know that if there's no interaction i'm really just wasting my time yeah yeah so i guess it all comes down to finding the the few uh the few good groups, and, and it's the same on LinkedIn because there's a lot of groups where it's just link dropping and spam as well. So um, I guess that's what it comes down to. It's really finding the group where there's actual interaction, where there's helpful people who don't just look out for their own uh, benefits, but who are there to you know share and discuss. And uh, on LinkedIn, what a lot of people do wrong is that they would only join groups uh, that with people who share their own interests. So let's say for you, you would only join, you know, other web designer groups, yeah. which is great because you get the input from colleagues and all that. But that's not where your audience is. That's not where your clients are. So you really need to find groups where your target audience hangs out, 
And of course, you're not just going to go in there and say, hey, buy my <laughs> best, uh, web uh, design service, you know. Yeah. The point really is to be helpful, answer people's questions, um, and, and really only occasionally is it okay to, you know, drop a link and say, hey, you know, this is how I did it or this is my latest example. But only after uh, this discussion around that has started. Um so, so, yeah, it, it comes down to finding the, the groups where there's a lot of engagement and then, and then being helpful rather than being promotional. So I guess there's a fine line there because I'm just imagining myself jumping in there after this call and trying to expand. And as I said, I've looked at some of your groups as a, as a lead to what I should be doing there. But I'm just thinking, okay, well, I want to get on groups where my customers are. Now, I'm a web designer. I'm looking for website stuff. So that's anybody. But obviously, I can't jump into a group on training dogs because I have nothing to say there, right? And my content is completely irrelevant there. So there's really a fine line between finding people who are interested in your content and who you can say something to and not just sticking to your niche, i.e. the thing that you do, like for me, web design, because I want to meet some web designers, but they're not going to pay me to design a website for them. So yeah. Yeah. I guess that's quite difficult. And I, I think probably the best strategy for you is to, you know, go in there and just listen for a while. Mm -hmm. And you do that by subscribing to the, to the weekly digest emails. And then you just, you know, doesn't take you that long. You just scroll through these emails once a week and then you see if there's any web related questions in there. Uh -huh. Okay. So you kind of, and so the you group. jump in when there is actually a topic about that rather than just, you know, go and post your stuff. Yeah. Uh, which is okay too if it's you know good content but it's almost more helpful to go in there and post your opinion or you know post a helpful uh, link to a post if someone is asking a specific question so when you join the group i mean i vaguely remember seeing this weekly digest is this an option that comes up as you join or you have to go in and find that after you've joined uh, you, uh, both so when you join it will uh, ask you do you want daily or weekly or um, actually even, you know, more often just whenever the, yeah. the discussion comes up. And so you would choose it in the beginning, and, and but then sometimes you want to go back in. And so that's in your settings, group settings. Mm -hmm. And so you need to go back into the group and say, okay, I, because daily emails I would, you know, not recommend. It's just too much. Um, and, and so just subscribe to the weekly and, and then you can scroll through the email and decide where you're going to go jump in. And yeah, that's a great tip because then you can sort of, do a sort of maybe an hour on LinkedIn a week and say, okay, I missed all of these conversations. Now's my LinkedIn time. I'm going to go and, and interact with people. And exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've been interacting on some groups and I found it really, really beneficial. I mean, people starting to notice you and, and it's really nice. But then, yeah, you need to target that as well. Obviously, it's really important. Yeah. And that reminds me of something which I saw you wrote recently and I made the mistake of not doing this. On your profile, you have a similar kind of thing, but in the reverse direction, that whenever you change something, everybody in your network sees it. And I'm getting all these people, oh my God, congratulations, you've got a new job. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you have to turn this stuff, you have to know when to turn this stuff off. And that's deep in your settings as well, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so whenever you update um, your profile, even if it's just a little word in your headline, well, LinkedIn will uh, take advantage of that and, you know, think, okay, I'm just going to send out a message to all uh, of Sarah's contact 
letting everybody know that she's changed jobs where actually what you did is just change a word. Yes. Um, and so, you know, that might, that might be funny for us right now, but imagine you're um, still employed and you're just updating your profile and your employer was not supposed to know that you're, um, you know, searching. Uh, so it can be, you know, not so good. So what you need to do is to go into your settings, privacy settings, and that's top right corner where your little um, photo is. Click on settings and there you need to take off the broadcast, um, activity broadcast. Mm -hmm. And actually, furthermore, I've contacted LinkedIn because I did update one of my positions and I did take off the activity broadcast. So I went in there, took off the activity broadcast, made the change. Fair enough. Next day, everybody was sending me congratulations. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? I just, you know, that doesn't make sense. And so I contacted LinkedIn and they told me that, oh, to be safe, it's better to uh, do that 24 hours and give it 24 hours to, um, you know, actually. Um, oh, maybe they're doing some kind of data, database synchronization around the world or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. And so, and it doesn't say that anywhere. It doesn't tell you, you know, if you activate this now, it will take 24 hours to, um, to actually um, register. So it's very important, especially if you're in job search, to you know go in, take it off the activity broadcast, make the change, uh, wait 24 hours, and then make the change because yeah. otherwise you could have. And if you're in that mode of changing a lot of stuff over a week or something, I guess it's also worth leaving it off for a while, like I'm going to be doing soon. Does that yeah. also trigger on your summary and all of these kind of things? Every, yeah. Oh, really, everything. So basically, if you're planning on changing your LinkedIn profile over the next period of time, yeah. go in and turn off the broadcast because you're going to be annoying a lot of people as well. Yeah. Some Sometimes, you know, sometimes you actually want to notify people. Yeah, so sure, let's say sure, you yeah. add a new service or, you know, you're now uh, also a trainer for this and this company. Well, maybe you, you do it on purpose and you actually want to notify everyone. But um, if you're just making small changes, then, then yeah, take it off. Okay, cool. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up because I made that mistake. I mean, I just tweaked something on my, uh, on my header or whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, very kindly people were writing to me. And I was like, wow, you know, maybe they don't even realize what I was doing 10 minutes ago because now they think, <laughs> I, now they think I have a new job. But anyway, okay, great, fantastic. <laughs> I have amazing friends. Um, <laughs> All right, let's uh, quickly go round full circle back to what you were talking about. It's something that I haven't actually read too much in detail of, but this new LinkedIn feature, being able to publish long-form content on LinkedIn. I mean, what's your opinion on that? I was thinking, okay, so now this whole idea of getting people to your website is not being followed there. So I'm not sure that I like it, but I'll like to get your opinion as a long-term LinkedIn user. Yeah. Okay. Yes, definitely. It goes against everything we've been preaching for now that uh, is, you know, let's create content and then lead people back to our website. Well, LinkedIn um, likes to be a bit different and they uh, created their own. Really, it is like a WordPress, um, you know, editing feature within their own site. Uh -huh. Okay, so it's that detailed. It's quite, yeah, I've just published my first post this morning, actually. And it's, it's quite powerful. You can, uh, you know, use different headings. You can embed uh, rich media. You can embed pictures. You can mm -hmm. use links that you can do. You can use hyperlinks that go to back to your website. 
You can hyperlink, um, for example, to your um, squeeze page to get more people to subscribe to your email list. Um, so there's different ways to lead ba people back to your website. Mm -hmm. But uh, yes, the, the content will exist on, on LinkedIn. Okay. Now, how's this a good thing? I still think it's a good thing because um, the LinkedIn audience is just so specific. And maybe you wouldn't have been able to reach that audience through your blog uh, because they, they are the chamber of commerce. They're just, you know, so much in their business mode that probably they would have never come to your website or they would have never come across your blog. And so I still think it's it's a huge opportunity to you know reach a new audience, reach the LinkedIn audience um, in in a different way, and and don't forget these posts are also um, you know shareable via all the other platforms. So they give you all the the share buttons on the specific post, and um, each post will then be mentioned um, on your profile. So just underneath your picture and headline, we will now have a section where it says posts. And so people can go check out your latest posts. So that's huge, in my opinion, in terms of, you know, adding credibility uh, for you, for you, for your expertise and everything. So you can then maybe put that in your profile as a previous yeah, project summary, whatever, whatever section that goes in. I think it's uh, under projects or under your summary, you can put in things you've done, you can put that in there. Well, it actually creates that separate section that's uh -huh. called posts. And so each post will show up with a link and a nice image right underneath. Uh, so on top of the summary, right underneath your, your header. Uh -huh. So it's the first thing. It's really going to be the first thing, thing people see. Yeah. And is that then, even if it's appearing in a feed, in someone's feed, or you can put that in a group maybe, is that also possible? Is that appearing differently? Does it look different to a normal share? It, it looks very different. It has its own page, um, its own URL, so you can share it anywhere you want. And uh, you can you also uh, can gain followers. So kind of like the influencers posts. I don't know if you've been following any of the influencers, um, you know, yeah, big names. They had, that. they had like even Obama doing that and stuff. Exactly. Right? Obama was uh, one of the influencers. And so obviously you cannot connect directly with Obama or Maybe you could, but I don't know <laughs> how big your chances would be. Um, but you can follow him, and so every time he posts something, you would get get that um, content into your homepage as a as a share. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so people can now follow your posts without being directly connected with you on on LinkedIn. So as I was asking before, how does this appear in the feed? Is it more prominent than a normal share? Like if I share my blog post, is this going to be more powerful? Is it going to stand out more? I don't know the the actual appearance in the in the feed yeah. in the home page. It doesn't look different, but once you people click on it, they can see that it doesn't go to a blog. It just stays within LinkedIn and it has its the specific look that people will get used to as being the the LinkedIn publisher. Okay, so I mean, I, I guess, yeah, Google Plus is uh, also, I mean, not saying pushing, but this is what's become the norm in Google Plus as well from really the big influences to write long form intros to blog posts and sometimes not even blog posts and just linking out to details or whatever. So I guess this is becoming the new, the new social media norm is keeping people 
on the site in some ways, not all the time, maybe only occasionally. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's 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 a way of creating influence without always saying, "Come back and look at my house." You know, it's like we trust you enough that we um, just want to get the content from you, but within the platform. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's that's also interesting for people who spend a lot of their time on there because not everyone wants to be constantly taken out of whatever mode they're in, whether it's, you know, looking at cat videos on Facebook or, I mean, Twitter constantly takes you out. I mean, there's no other way to do that there, really. And uh, But Google Plus and now, yeah, LinkedIn are sort of heading in the same direction. Yeah. And again, in, you know, if our final goal is conversion, doesn't really matter if they think if they've read if a client or prospect has read you know three or four posts from you and they're like wow this guy really knows you know web design that's the guy I need didn't matter if he read those posts on LinkedIn via the LinkedIn publisher or directly on your website if he made up his mind believe me he'll find your website and he'll find your number and call you yeah 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 yeah, that's cool. Okay, I have to. So that's been open for everyone, I think, now, right? This, this. Um, they started with twenty-five users in the U.S. And as far as I know, I got on the waiting list and got access quite fast after that. And so I think they're rolling it out. But if you get on the waiting list, there's a higher chance that you uh, that you get access faster. Okay, because I'd read some posts yesterday before I was going to talk to you, and I saw this stuff, and I was reading, and they've like, yeah, it's available for everyone. Go crazy! And I thought, okay, that's really cool. But it's not yet like that. Okay, so apply. I for... think maybe in the U.S. it might be. Yeah, we're also <laughs> always on the on maybe the... not worldwide. <laughs> we're kind of like in one of these Star Wars planets on the edge of the universe, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're in Europe. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay, so that's pretty much my list for today. Wow. Okay, so we're now all LinkedIn experts, and <laughs> unfortunately, we've drained your brain. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll jump back to you. What's what's uh, what's your next big thing? What are you working on? What would you like to let everyone know about? Is there something we can quickly promote for you and and thank you for your time? Um, well, maybe just uh, you know, if you like this uh, podcast connect with me on LinkedIn if you personalize the invitation I will definitely accept the uh, accept your invite um, so Sarah Sinecroce on LinkedIn I'm also uh, the host of the LinkedIn challenge which I uh, host twice per year the next one is coming up in June so it's still a, a bit far away but um, maybe that's something you um, are interested in so the linkedinchallenge.com it's where a bunch of experts or specialists uh, share 21 free LinkedIn tips during 21 days so you get one LinkedIn tip per day and uh, it's been quite the success and I, I decided to host this two times per year uh, so that might be of interest to you and then yeah just have a look at my site simplicitysmallbiz.com I do a LinkedIn profile for pe uh, profile review for people. That's a video review of uh, your profile, and uh, maybe that's something to start with. Um, because again, if your LinkedIn profile sucks, uh, you can engage all you want. It's you know just not going to be as effective. Yeah, that's something I was also reading about. That uh, yeah, this girl that whose stuff I was reading had done that, and it looked really good. And I think if you're going to take it seriously. 
it's maybe a, a service that people really want to think about. And uh, mm -hmm. and one other thing I want to mention about you, you're also doing quite a lot of Hangouts. I mean, we were doing a Q&A. You're running a Q&A trial Hangout at the moment. Sarah's very big on Hangouts. So if you want to learn about Google Hangouts, then you should look at what she's doing. You've got the Q&A Hangout weekly. Weekly, except this week. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're on holidays, but that's okay. Yes. You're allowed to take a day off occasionally. Thanks. And, thanks. and you also, you've had some other ones. We were, we were trying some other Hangouts uh, late last year. Are you still continuing those ones or the Q&A is replaced? Yeah, the Q basically last year what I did, I needed to learn about uh, Google Hangouts. And so I started a series called Learn and Play uh, with Sarah on Google Hangouts. And so that's where you uh, came in back in, yeah, sometime last year, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, yeah, I finished that series because now I moved on from <laughs> playing to doing some serious stuff. Graduation, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there's still, you know, there's still technical glitches every now and then, but I, I think I've come a long way, so. Yeah, one on, uh, when was that on Thursday or? The Pinterest one we did on Thursday, which was my last blog post, if anyone wants to look at that and uh, connect with Sarah from there directly. Um, yeah, that went smoothly. I mean, we just do a quick 15 minutes. I mean, Sarah's got that down to a, an art form. Don't waste people's time. 15 minutes, bang, 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 learn something really cool and, and run off to your uh, to your football game or whatever you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's all for today. There's nothing else that I can think of. And I certainly appreciate all these tips. I can now run off and become a LinkedIn expert and hopefully everybody oh. can run away. I guess the the most actionable thing people can do that I've taken away is get out there, improve your profile, your header, your summary, and make sure it looks good. A good photo. Some people have no photo. That's crazy. You must have a photo. Try and get a good one. At least get your friend to take one outside in some good light. And... Um, no bare shoulders for ladies. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. Of course. A little bit. A little bit professional looking. And yeah. uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be suit and tie if that's not the business you're running. But uh, and get on some groups. I think that's the next big thing you can be doing. Get on groups. Interact with people. Don't just post and run. And uh, send personalized connection requests to people. Exactly. Don't be that person like me who just press the connect button on your on your iPhone app. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Sarah. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Ashley. Awesome stuff. So now we're all LinkedIn pros. So Sarah's certainly taken a lot of time there, 50 minutes to give us all the best information on LinkedIn. And I uh, hope you all appreciate that and get out there and use that because it certainly is something you would normally pay a lot of money for or read a lot of books and blog posts to get through. I know I've been struggling a bit with LinkedIn lately, and this information will certainly help me bring it to the next level and get better connections on LinkedIn, which is going to help my business and even my blog. So that's certainly an awesome thing, and we should all be getting out there and doing that. So thanks, Sarah. You rock. What would also be really cool if you guys are listening to this and enjoyed this, if you could put a review and rating on iTunes or Stitcher, that would really help me and the podcast get up to more people and also get higher in the rankings so that we get more listeners and, and I can continue doing this podcast. I certainly hope you have spend a few minutes to do that. I would really appreciate that. There's a, an easy link to get to iTunes if you want that. That's on the bottom of this podcast, or you can go to madlemmings.com slash review, where I've got a quick how-to on how to do that, because it's not the easiest thing if you're doing it from the web. You have to actually get into iTunes. So I've got a few screenshots to show you how to do that. And what would also be really cool, if you want to get in contact with me, you can use the uh, voicemail service from SpeakPipe. That's on the side of my blog. There's a little black tab you can click. 
It says leave a message. You can leave a message for me and maybe that'll be the subject of a future podcast. And you can also leave a comment on the bottom of the post of the podcast or send me an email at ashley at madlemmings.com and I'm always open to emails and certainly willing to help anyone who needs some help. So thanks again for listening and thanks Sarah for your great information and hope you all have a great day.